Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. It was, it was difficult um, because it wasn't like it was the first time I had ever really looked at my marriage and know, knew that I wasn't fully fulfilled and that it was challenging and that not healthy, right? There were definitely things I knew. Um, but up until that point, I felt like because of the way I was raised, because of, you know, that this, that there, that was it, that you just had to figure out how to make it work. And it certainly, there had certainly been efforts for that in the past with counseling. And even at one point in my, I had a, a, a book club and a group of other couples that we would get together and try to, you know, work together on how to communication and all the things that you talk about um, in your improving relationships and personal development. But at that point, I, um, looking at it, like, what was that like? It was, it was hard. There was a lot of self-judgment. There was a lot of, um, it was shocking. Welcome to our Meet the Coaches series designed to introduce you to our team of amazing JBD coaches who are dedicated to supporting you through and beyond divorce. As you tune in, you will get a flavor of each team member, a bit about their backstory, as well as the challenges and triumphs they've experienced. Each coach shares their journey into coaching and their passion for working with men and women facing divorce. Finally, they share their most powerful personal growth practices that keep them on track as life happens. Let's dive right in. Hey folks, I'm here today with KP, our most recent JBD coach to join the team to talk about uh, her life, her background, and give you guys an opportunity to get to know her better. So welcome, KP. Hi, so glad to be here. KP, before we dive into how you became a coach and what you've been doing lately, I would love to uh, just give our listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. So where do you hail from? What are some things about yourself that that you're, you feel comfortable sharing with our audience? Okay, so I am definitely a Southern girl. I uh, was born in Louisiana, which is also where I live now. Um, but I grew up in Alabama. So I, in the South, I went to Auburn University, like a, a war eagle. I mean, I very diehard Auburn fan, um, which I hope doesn't alienate any of our listeners who, who are also <laughs> Southern. Um, 
And I now have um, live in New Orleans. Like I said, I'm back in Louisiana and I have three children. I have an 18 year old who just graduated from high school daughter. And then I have two sons, 16 and 10. And so that alone keeps me pretty busy. Um, but I really do love to travel. I love to spend time in nature. I love to, to bike um, and read and constantly learning. I do as many books as you do podcasts, Karen. <laughs> nice. I need to do more books and we'll get you doing more podcasts, KP. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, how did you, so, so here you are, you're a coach. Um, you've gone through your own divorce. Um, you've got three kids. Tell us a little bit about, what led to your divorce or what led to your coaching, whichever one makes sense to talk about first. Sure. So I'll start with um, how I became a coach or why I became a coach. Um, I, going back to Auburn, mentioning that again, I remember near uh, graduation sitting around with a bunch of my friends and we we're talking about what would you want to do? Like if you could do anything in the world, like what would you want your job to be? And I said something along the lines, I would love to be able to work with people one-on-one -on -one and just help them feel the most confident and be their best self and just help them see everything that's in them, you know, very, definitely optimistic, super optimistic back there in the twenties. But I um, didn't know that coach was a, was a thing, but I can clearly remember that conversation. And um, so it's been four years ago, I decided that, nope, I'm definitely going to do it. I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to look into coaching schools and see what that's all about. It was not the first time I've done it. I've looked a few times over the years. Um, and so I found IPEC, um, which is the school that all of us have gone to, all of us JBD coaches. And I just fell in love with the whole experience. And I knew that this, it was just one of those things in my heart. I am to be a coach and that is what I am going to do. Um, and then part of that process, as we all know, coaching, the coaching school IPEC is very much of, of self-reflection and we are coached constantly as well as coaching and part is part of our training. And with that, I just really had to take a hard look at my life. I mean, first of all, I had to do it for school for the training, but just within myself and, um, one of the things I know we've talked about on some, or you and Carrie specifically talked about on podcasts are the seven levels, which is a foundational training of IPAC. And um, there's level one, which is, you know, very much an anger level or very much, you know, you, you just feel like you can't do anything. And then level two um, is more about anger and frustration. Um, and then there's level three, which is where we can tolerate and learn, just keep the peace in life. And when I reflected, and there's lots of other lovely levels, but for this context of this conversation, we can stop at level three was I was looking at my life and particularly my marriage. And I was like, okay, this, I am really tolerating a lot. I'm not living fully. And um, to be a better coach and to be, to have a fuller life, I, I need, I really need to look at these things. 
And that's where led me into looking into my marriage. Um, as a matter of fact, in my mod three training, so there's different parts of the IPEC training, the trainer continuously said, there's a lot of people living in level three marriages, a lot of people living in level three marriages. And it was annoying me. I was getting very annoyed hearing him saying that over and over. I'm like, why does he keep saying, okay, we get it. <laughs> but it was very, it was very true for me. There was a lot that I was tolerating and not being fully um, expressed in my marriage. So, so if you have an 18 year old, and this is four years ago, so you were, you were over a decade into your marriage when you went into IPEC and, yes. um, and, you know, isn't that an interesting thing when you put on a different lens and start looking at what you've been um, tolerating or, you know, trying to make the best of, or, you know, whatever that might be. And now you have this lens of emotional energy and am I doing the best for me, my kids, my family? Uh, what was that like for you in the midst of what is, and for those of you listening, all of the coaches went through IPEC. It's the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. We're currently talking about emotional energy. We're going to have a whole program on that in the fall of 2022. Um, and and it, just, it just makes you in such a huge way stop and look at every aspect of your life with a new with new lenses and mm -hmm. and it's a time hog and it's very overwhelming and having three children I can only imagine and then on top of that you stepped into a new analysis of what was going on in your marriage what was that like for you wow um it was it was difficult um, because it wasn't like it was the first time I had ever really looked at my marriage and know, knew that I wasn't fully fulfilled and that it was challenging and that not healthy. Right. There were definitely things I knew. Um, but up until that point, I felt like. Because of the way I was raised, because of, the you know, that this that there that was it, that you just had to figure out how to make it work. And it certainly there had certainly been efforts for that in the past with counseling. And even at one point in my, I had a, a, a book club and a group of other couples that we would get together and try to, you know, work together on how to communication and all the things that you talk about um, in your improving relationships and personal development. But at that point, I, um, looking at it, like, what was that like? It was, it was hard. There was a lot of self-judgment. There was a lot of, um, it was shocking, right? You know, it was like that new lens is like when you oh, like walking out into the sun, it was like, wow. And to give it, like you mentioned, the energy is the part of it is, is that we are able to live in choice that we get to choose an energy level and that we, and so that was giving myself a lot of permission by going through and really looking through those lenses and asking those questions. And as I said, part of, part of that coaching, um, coaching um training was that we were we had our own peer coaches right we had coaches that we we met with um regularly throughout that so we were coached um and the other thing i realized as far as like so talking about more of the level two which is also a victim mindset is i realized how much i was complaining about it to friends and you know just about specifics about you know my ex-husband 
my then husband uh, about what life was like and how I didn't want it this way. And I wanted this way. And I found myself complaining. And that was a, a huge realization. I was like, wow, this is, that's not helping. Um, but then I, to also go to this is I remember thinking or, or hearing, cause as I've said, I've read many books. I've read one of Dr. Phil's book a million years ago. And it was saying that, you know, a lot of people could figure out a way to stay together in a marriage. If they take the time to take the tennis lessons, lose the weight and take care of themselves. So that was one thing in this moment, in that IPEC time, I really did look at myself and say, what is it that I can do? What can I improve? And then having that lens of like, okay, well, I've taken responsibility for what I need to take responsibility for. And, um, you know, so there go from there, like, okay, now what's next? And I think that it's a place where so many of us get confused and tripped up because if you're, if you're at that healthy of a place where it's like, okay, let me keep the focus on myself. Let me do what I can do. And still things don't change. Um, uh, a pastor of mine once said it, it takes um, one to forgive. It takes two to reconcile. And mm-hmm. so with so many of our clients that mm-hmm. that guilt and that, you know, whatever our religious or cultural upbringing is, is like I failed or I'm bad or I have shame. And yet if it involves I'm, t- I'm, I'm keeping my side of the street clean, but I have no control over the other person and they are either not stepping into reconciliation or doing it in a way that for one reason or another isn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, then then you you get to that edge where it's like, am I going to stay and uh, for, for the children or for mm-hmm. my religious belief and mm-hmm. and um, and just make the best of it? Or am I going to take that leap? And I think that whole should I stay or should I go is excruciating. And we all have our own way of uh, navigating it and and getting to that level three of like, is this working for me? Do I can I continue this? Do I have to look at something else? Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you said that about the should I stay or should I go? Because I think this is an important point for the people that are listening um, more than just about me, but I find I found and I find what in in with clients is that part, that deliberation, that should I say or should I go phase is actually one of the hardest. Yeah. If not the hardest. Yeah. Because you because you're constantly going back and forth. You're like, nope, it's done. So then you're in one mindset and then you're like, no, 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 I have to figure this out. I can we can figure this out. It's almost there. There is a lot of good here. There is this. There are the children. There are how do I tell my parents, like, you know, what, whatever it is, it doesn't matter how old you are. That is still hard. That can still be very difficult. Um, as a matter of fact, it was more difficult for me to tell my parents than it was to tell my children. Um, wow. So, yes. I think that's a really good point. And it wasn't my experience. Um, and so I've actually never said that out loud, but the truth is when you've made the decision or even what's involved in making the decision and and where that pull comes from. And in your case, like telling your parents was really hard. And, and so at JBD, of course, we really try and honor that, which is why so often we work with people who are pre-divorce, who are in that, should I end or should I mend? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and of course what we tell them is work on mending 
because either way you're going to be working on you. And if it doesn't work out and you shift over to the ending, you're further down the road anyway, because you've been doing this work. And so, so coaching can start wherever you are um, and, and be beneficial, even if you're totally in the seat of indecision, which so many of us are in those early stages. Absolutely. For, for very good reasons. I mean, very good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And what's yeah. interesting about your story, KP, is I I found myself getting divorced and it was in getting divorced and then trying to continue to do the work I was doing before my divorce that I realized this isn't working for me. I need something more valuable and important and meaningful to do in my life. And I found my way to IPEC, whereas you found mm-hmm. your way to IPEC and then mm-hmm. evaluated whether or not your your marriage was uh, was able to last and be a good fit for you. Yeah. Yeah. Which I want to interject. I think I don't remember if this is part of an earlier question, but um, you asked, how did I find my way to coaching? And then how do I find myself to JBD coaching? And it was absolutely through IPAC. It was because um, I do. Ha- I did have my own um, coaching business. I still do have um, a private business as a lot of us do. But um, I love the idea of being part of a team. And but being a part of a team of IPEC trained coaches really spoke to me because the context of the same language and the understanding and coming from that same place and uh, knowing um, that we all had that commonality. I have a friend from IPEC um, who says, you know, when she went through the training and I don't mean this to be like a whole ad for IPEC coaching, but <laughs> but I don't mind that either. Is <laughs> like, you know, when you went into the training program, when she went in the training program, she found your people. And it's like, that is, I, I feel that way too. I have a very strong, a big network outside of you guys of IPEC coaches that are friends and supporters and, and that I also work with. So yeah, and and just as as those of you listening are getting to know KP, I made a very intentional decision that any any coach that was going to join the JBD team was that was one of my key must-haves. They had to be a graduate of IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And my reason for doing that was because this energy that we talked about, these seven levels of emotional energy are part of uh, a training that is so focused on um, emotional depth that that everything that we do, uh, what we think and what we experience is plugged into our emotions. And so a lot of coaching may be more nuts and bolts the thing about IPEC is we go very deep emotionally. And if you're going to coach men and women navigating divorce, you need to have such a sensitivity and an education and experience with emotional depth. And I love that you brought that up because that's vital. Anyone who doesn't have that um, is, doesn't mean they're a bad coach, doesn't mean they can't coach divorcing people, but it's, it's, this is is one of the cornerstones of the JBD way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are you emotionally overwhelmed, heartbroken, bitter, paralyzed by fear? In order to effectively navigate the significant decisions before you, 
and skillfully master your life after divorce, you must attend to your emotional recovery. Our 12-step divorce recovery program is an emotional roadmap that guides you to feel clearer, stronger, and more in charge of yourself. Thousands have emerged transformed by the lessons, strategies, and tools our roadmap provides. Divorce will change your life. Enroll in the 12-step divorce recovery program today and ensure that the changes will be life-enhancing. Go to divorcerecoveryprogram.com to enroll. So three kids going through divorce. Um, can you share maybe one or two of the most challenging outside of the decision that we just talked about? One or two of the mm-hmm. most challenging aspects of navigating your divorce. And even, you know, I also want to talk about the gifts that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And aren't sometimes they're the both the same, right? <laughs> um, two, two sides to the same coin. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one thing I think that's, that comes up as that question is um, I really gave our family the permission to tell the truth because I was the one who decided to end the marriage. And, and I am now with some space. I feel like it was almost one of the most loving things I ever did for my ex-husband and for my family was to say, I just I, I do see you as who you are. And I'm trying to honor who I am and that we can't do that together. Like we, we can't be who the other one wants and needs. And um, that's wow. where I feel we're complete. Yeah. Wow. So with that, that's where I, I don't know if that's where it started, but I can definitely say for sure that I gave our family, all family members, the permission to really tell the truth about how they feel about what's going on, about their choices, how their roles within the family. And um, that has been challenging. That is, it sometimes is still challenging because you, you can't level three, the truth. <laughs> you can't just tolerate it. You, you really, um, and again, that, that has been a gift because it has allowed some growth, but to have um, conversations with my children about, um, choices and, you know, things about, I, I mean, I'll give, I don't think she'll, I, I feel comfortable. My oldest daughter would mind because we have, I've known I've shared it with others and I've asked permission for that. This is a bigger platform. So, but I'm sorry. And I'm trying to be careful to honor everyone. But um, one of the things that she says, and again, this was many years later that the actual decision was made. She, you know, she was around nine or 10 and she realized that, I wasn't a ha- that I wasn't happy that there was a sadness to me. And she said, I remember at that point, like, mom, I knew I just needed to be a really good kid for you because I didn't want to add sadness to you. And that was a really difficult conversation. But it was also amazing because I was like, this kid's insight and which is we know, I mean, we learn it's like our kids know, know things that we don't know or we think they don't know about, I, I said to her, I was like, I didn't even know that I was, I didn't even realize I was that sad. 
I said, now sitting here these years later and after where we are now, I can say, yeah, I was. And I said, but I didn't even know. And I also told her, I was like, well, you, you never have to carry that for me. Like that is, you get to be who you want to be and make your decisions. And, and you don't, ha- you can be whoever you are. And, yeah, um, and that's just, that's just beautiful. Um, and, you know, I, I want to use this as a, a, a teaching point too, because I speak so much and I'm actually going to do a series on codependence and it's like, children begin to shoulder um, the care, the happiness, the responsibility of their parents for such a wide host of reasons. Mm -hmm. And so many parents stay for the kids. And this is a perfect Mm -hmm. example of a kid who's like, I'm going to be a good girl so that you have less burden. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the seeds of codependence that, that we totally. want to see and that we want to uproot and how beautiful that she could articulate it, how beautiful that you could say to her baby, that's not your job. And I mm-hmm. love you for saying it, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. and, and those are the kinds of things because the work that we do is, it, we all have this this heart for breaking generational chains and it's conversations yeah. like that that are so difficult, mm-hmm. certainly for the parent, that mm-hmm. can be game changers for our children. So that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful moment. And um, this is a little bit of a, a sidestep, but I, I mentioned in our pre-talk about um, the book Untamed. And pretty much if if you're one of my clients and you're listening, I have probably told you to read it. And if not, it's coming up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is a story. It's written by Glennon Doyle um, of a lady as she's trying to decide about staying in a marriage. And, and she she has two other books before that talking about the marriage and how they had finally, the one before that was how they'd finally figured out how to make it happy. And then this one was, she really just knew that this wasn't and there are three there's a moment and part one of the moments um in that book that spoke to me really loudly was also a moment with her daughter um and she was uh I think she was braiding her hair but having a conversation and she was thinking about how she was staying in the marriage for the children and she thought but would she want that marriage for her children and I was like, whoa. Yep. It hit me really because what we're doing is really modeling. So you're talking about the generational change and all that is like, okay, yeah, I I, w- I would definitely want more for them. And I I want to model that, whatever that ends up being for me down the road. But yes. Yeah. And and we do um our our first intimate relationships are with our mom and dad or watching our mom and dad and our siblings. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. that is unhealthy, if it's it's dysfunctional, if it's toxic, if it's just um, lacking affection and happiness and fulfillment, Mm -hmm. then, then without ever opening our mouths and uttering a word, we are training Mm -hmm. our children that that is their experience of intimate love and they're going to go out and look for it. And so what you just said is so powerful. Yes. Yes. And I'm trying to remember the quote that she says, she quotes someone else about 
um, a parent's unlived life is, is a greatest as a child's greatest burden or something. I'm totally butchering that. So hopefully I can give that to you later that you can put in the notes, but I can't, but it was, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was fantastic. It's a really strong thing. It's like, you know, we, it is not our children's burden. Like we are not our children's burden. We need to live a full life inclusive of them, not despite them. Yeah. So, so here you made this, this big decision. Um, you had your own business. You recently um, joined JBD, and we're so, so delighted to have you on the team. Um, can you share a little bit about um, your desire to do divorce coaching? I know you said you want to be part of a team, your desire mm-hmm. to do divorce mm-hmm. coaching, and then what your mm-hmm. experience has been like over the past half year as you've really dove in and, and started working with a lot of clients. Yes. Um... I really enjoy the divorce coaching because part of what I do and, you know, have always done with my other clients in private practice was just to help people get permission and to find their voice. But until you're in this process, there's, there's no greater, there's no more fertile ground (laughs) for those things that I have found that I've experienced today. Um, and so being able to work with clients on on that just just those basics and then just skills relationship skills communication skills um and it's really always just it's most often just little tweaks in how we say something and how we show up and how we choose and um really helping people to focus on the vision on the other side of this like what is it what is it that you don't have now that you're hoping for on the other side and just really as my clients who may be listening, <laughs> no, I'm like, okay, they're like, well, this and this and this. I'm like, okay, but you're you're too far. You're looking at too big of the picture. Like, that's good. Let's look where you're going, but let's come back here. And where are you today? And what's one small step you can take towards that picture, towards that piece? And being able to support clients through that and to, uh, you know, be their their mirror. Uh, that's what I like to say to reflect back to them, like what you're doing. I'm not doing this. You're doing this. I'm just reflecting back to you. And it's really an honor. And part of that is um, I just believe that we can change some of the stigma around divorce one, one family at a time. And if I can help be part of that, that is just, I mean, that is just, I don't even know. I can't even find the word. The word's not, I mean, it's just, you know, just inspiring and beautiful. And, and that's where I believe that part of the divorce stigma is not about divorce itself. It's the fact that we, people are not necessarily doing the work and not, you know, taking care of their side of the street, like you said, mending before ending and, or even during the process. And if we're able to help people do that, that's where we break those generational things. That's where we have the possibilities of greater future relationships, all kinds. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I have one last question for you, and then okay. I'm going to give you an opportunity to share anything additional that you want to before we wrap up. But what are the practices that your personal practices that keep you centered through the roller coaster of raising teens, navigating divorce and post-divorce life while running your own business. What are your key practices? Okay. So um, daily, I spend time alone. I do journal. 
I don't necessarily journal every day, but I do spend time alone centering. At, sometimes I don't do it first thing, but at some point in the day, I do take that quiet time and just kind of reflect and say, you know, what's feeling. I do notice very, I pay very close attention to what's how my body's feeling. And if it feels tight, I, again, I'll take an extra time and stop and see what's going on. I definitely exercise. I need to move. That is something that's very important to me. I have to move. I have to, and I try to do that daily. And it's, I mean, it's great for overall health, but it's for mental health. It's even more so. Um, what is your, what is your movement practice? Um, so I do yoga, but like, but that getting that real push through energy is, is biking is getting on the is cycling, just getting out there and cycling. It just feels, it, it feels so freeing. And just to get that feeling of freeing and also that moving the energy at the same time. I mean, that feels amazing. <laughs> well, KP, I'm a biker. So at some point we're going to have to be in the same place and yeah. enjoy a bike ride together. Cause that, that's ever since I'm a kid and went through my parents' divorce, jumping on my bike and just flying um, has yeah. been one of my most enjoyable uh, outlets. So, so yoga and biking, that's, that's beautiful. And, and mm-hmm. taking time and centering and noticing your body. Yeah, that's a lot. Is there anything else you were going to share on that front? Yes. And one thing I think that has been huge is giving myself permission to go away by myself alone. So um, I'm very fortunate that my best friend has um, what we call a a farm. There's no animals there, but it's in the rural Georgia. And um, she allows me to go (laughs) to spend time there. Um, and I, it's beautiful because I get a few days there by myself and then sometimes the kids come with me and then she, it's her family will come. And, um, but I just, I do, I go and just be quiet and alone. Definitely taking time for alone is very important. Yeah. Solitude. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Are there any, um, words of wisdom or encouragement that you want to leave our listeners with before we say goodbye? This has been, this has just been such a lovely conversation. Oh my goodness. Um, trying to think of just a few things to say. One, one, and I would say <laughs> this is, I don't know if it's words of wisdom, but it's definitely encouragement. The, the opportunity of the rapid relief call is Really, and I'm not just saying that because I'm one of the people that support that. It's an amazing gift because I did actually work with a coach. It was, I mean, it wasn't a JBD coach. I didn't find you guys till after, but it was, um, and it was more of a group coaching. And but, but to be able to have a one-on-one call to just kind of vent, process through, have somebody mirror back and reflect to you, um, I understand how challenging or all the emotions that might go through in not doing it because you're whatever you're feeling, judgment, um, fear, saying it out loud to someone, even someone you don't know um, can be difficult, but just having that rapid relief call, I think is a huge thing. Just, just do it. We're all very open and, and I think it will serve you whether you, decide to continue with a JBD coach or not, that one conversation could really give you some nuggets to, to move you forward. I, I second that completely. Yeah. Yeah. So KP, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing a little bit of your life and your experiences and your coaching tips. 
uh, we're going to put KP's private rapid relief call link in the show notes. So if you really resonated with KP and you would like to do that call with her, you'll be able to just click on the show notes and jump right into her calendar. And KP, we are so delighted to have you on the team. You're such an incredible, um, you bring so much value and beautiful energy. And so um, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you and, for the opportunity <laughs> and for for getting me on here. I know yes. this has been something we've been trying to get for a while. So thank you, Karen. Yes, yes. This is KP's first um, <laughs> podcast uh, with JVD, and there will be many more. And so we actually have one coming up under Team Talks, which is going to be on the book Untamed. Untamed, yes. <laughs> so, so you can stay tuned for that and we will be back again with another episode of Meet the Coaches real soon. Until then, you take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.